sure you are all getting ready for Christmas. Some of you, you've bought your gifts. When I used to work at Stepping Hill Hospital, I have a colleague who will buy all his presents. No, it's a she. By September, she's gotten every, everything ready for Christmas. September. So if you know you've gotten everything ready since September, let me see your hands off. Okay. Um, <clears throat> I just don't know how to honestly start this morning because I believe God has been speaking to us very powerfully, especially through prophetic words. Uh, God speaks to us through men and women. He inspires them, he gives them the word to bless the body of Christ. And when prophetic word comes, they, they come to encourage us, to strengthen us, and to comfort us. And for us to apply, the Bible encourages us to discern, to weigh. And some of the word that, uh, words that have been coming to us in the past one month, uh, it's not just for us to enjoy those words. It's for us to ask God, God, what are you saying to me? What do you want me to do about it? The Bible talks about people who hear the word of God and just see it like a mirror and don't do anything about it. It's just like looking at yourself on the mirror and you just left the mirror and you, you didn't adjust, you didn't remove anything, you didn't do anything. You just look at the mirror and you left. It doesn't profit us. It doesn't profit you. It doesn't profit God. When you are spoken and you enjoy it and you don't do anything about it. Because God has a plan and purpose. And God believes that he needs to encourage his people. God believes that he needs to strengthen his people. God knows that he needs to comfort his people. Because the task he has given us is actually greater than ourselves. Let me quickly say this. Any work that God will give a man or a woman or a church is always greater than the natural ability of such people. That's why he gives grace. Many times, God takes the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. So, the best thing for us is to respond to what God is saying. So, I think some five weeks ago, Joseph brought a word about there is a great adventure for us as a church. And when God was speaking, there was a question. It says, are you ready for this adventure? I quickly wrote it down and I said, yes, Lord. What do you want me to do? What do you want us to do? Ian also brought a, 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 a word to us some, some, I think two or three weeks ago, that they saw here on fire, which signifies the visitation of the Holy Spirit. 
the manifestation of the Holy Spirit, the work of the Holy Spirit inside our lives. And he said, it's like tongues of fire that will bring hope and faith for you to carry out the task he has given you. He has given us as a church. So, my message is sort of changing this morning. When I heard those words, I just felt we need to respond. There must be a way we need to respond to God on this. So, I will just preach a little bit about some of these prophetic messages. Because I keep saying to God, I want to be part of what God wants to do in my generation. And you are privileged to be here to hear what God wants to do in our generation. There's work for you. There's work for you. There's work for me. There's work for every one of us. And I'm just, you know, one of the things I told God, this is just me, when I heard that word about great adventure, I said, God, please, let me be part of those that would be part of those great adventures. And I don't want to die young. Because I want to be part of that great adventure, part of people that will make things happen in my generation. I have a purpose for living, honestly. I'm not scared of death. I'm not afraid of death. My sister-in-law will have died on Tuesday. She was driving a car and a trailer just swerved. I don't know. It was a terrible accident. If you saw it, somebody recorded it on, 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 on the webcam. And I was just saying to myself, probably would have been in funeral and mourning by now. There is just a split second between life and death. I said, God, the remaining part of my years, of my days, I want to use it. I, I, I want to dedicate it to you again. That's the reason why I'm living. And I'm asking God, give me life to be part of this great adventure. So I want us to look at Paul. And probably use Paul as an example of how to go about this. How we should change our mindset for what God wants to do. And what God wants to do, we have to be willing. We can't be forced. We can't be manipulated. We can't be controlled to do what God wants to do. We have to be willing. The Bible says, in the days of my power, my people will be willing. People who are willing, one. People who are committed. And people who are faithful. Not just to men, but to God. Oh, There's a place in... Sorry, I said I wanted us to look at Paul. We'll look at him. There's a place in is it Colossians, I think. Let's look at Colossians, please. Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, chapter 3. Verse 23. Colossians 3, 23. It says, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for men. 
this is my, honestly, this has been my prayer. I said, God, I'm willing. I'm committed to this. And I want to be faithful to this. Anything you do, don't do it for even the leaders. God said, don't do it as if you are doing it for men. You know why? Men are limited. You will see flaws. You will see the humanity in men. But when you are doing it for God, you give, it, you give your whole to God. So he says, whatever you do, even if you are serving coffee, don't serve coffee as if you're just making coffee, tea and coffee, and you're giving it to men. Do it as if you are giving it to the Lord. You know, there was a place that says, when I was in prison, you visited me. And those people said, we didn't see you in prison. And Jesus said, as long as you have done it unto these people, you have done it unto me. Excuse me, brothers and sisters, the way the kingdom of God will be advanced is when what you do is not for men, is not for church leaders, is for God. Should I even, I don't know, let me quickly say it this way. It's not even first of all for the church. It's for God. So Jesus was telling Peter, he says, do you love me more than this? Feed my sheep. You know what he was saying? He says, your first love should be for me. If you love me, you will do it willingly for the church. Your love should not be first of all for the church. You shouldn't love the church more than me. When you love me, Ah, it's my spirit that will pour out love on your heart. Then the love you need to serve my people will flow naturally. Whatever you do, brothers and sisters, do it as for God, not for men. If you come for a meeting, come for a meeting as if you are coming to meet the Lord and be on time. It, that, that's the word of God. If you're going to be part of the connect group, don't let anybody phone you. Do it as if you are doing it for God. Encourage yourself in the Lord. Let the Lord overwhelm you. And allow the Lord to make you, you know, when Joseph was bringing the word this morning, I counted how many times he mentioned make, make, make. Uh, one... Two, three, four, at least the ones I had. Four times God was saying, was talking about the feed of faith that I'm going to plant. I'm looking for the small things that I might make it. God wants to, in fact, do you know that was the first thing he told his disciples when he called uh, uh, Peter and Andrew? He said, follow me and I'm going to make you. Excuse me, you can't. Be what God wants you to be by your ability. God has to make you. He has to fill you. He has to mold you. And what God wants to do, so I, you know, I was just, I was so happy. You can see how passionate I, I am this morning. When, I, when the word of God was coming again, 
Of course, you might look small. He says, it is, oh, please hear what God is saying. It is in my power to make that small thing to become big. Don't put yourself down. You are significant people. Where God said that, that I'm significant. Honestly, I know I'm significant. <laughs> you don't need to encourage me. I know. So I just want to say, please, let's respond to what God is saying. Let's do it with all our, all, all our heart. Do it as serving God, not Kofo, not Philippa, not Richard. When the worship team, when they come up and they are asking us to worship God, let's do it as if we are, did I say as if? We are actually worshiping God. They don't need to cajole us. They don't need to. Let's be people that we show our love for God with all our heart, with all our mind, with all our soul. Let people come in here and say, these are people that really love God. We can feel the presence of God. It will demand that you will live certain things. It will demand that you will sacrifice certain things. It will demand that you will change your mindset that what I'm doing is not for, is not for the leaders, it's for God. Determine in your heart. Ask God, God, what do you want me to do? I will be willing, I'll be faithful, and I'll be committed to it. I said, let's look at Paul. I saw something in the life of Paul. That's not even my message. God will give me grace to preach it another time. First Corinthians chapter 15. Because of time, it's, it's always good to read the whole of chapter 15. It was talking about the gospel that God has committed to him. First Corinthians chapter 15, I think you are there. Verse 2, it says, by this gospel you are saved. If you hold firmly to the word I preach to you, otherwise you have believed in vain. I want us to jump, yeah, let's jump to, to verse 6. After that, he was talking about he appeared to so many people. Verse 7, then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles. And last of all, he appeared to me also as to one abnormally born. Verse 9. For I am the least of the apostles. Do you know that many times when it comes to working for God, it's as if we are the least. Sometimes you say, how many verses do I even know in the scriptures? Sometimes you say, am I even bold enough to even preach the gospel? How many times have I laid hand on the sick and they've recovered? You know, that word is always, when I see men and women in the word of God, the same thing with Moses. He said, who, are, who am I that you should send me? When the angels appeared to Gideon, that, lo, man of valor, you are strong. He said, please don't deceive me. I'm the least in my clan. The first thing that comes to us is we look at our ability. Paul did the same thing. He said, I'm the least of all apostles. That is I don't know whether to say low self-esteem, whether to, to even you rejecting yourself for the work that God wants to do. You say, I'm so small. 
What can I, what have I achieved in my life in the past 20 years? You know, we give reasons without even talking about it. You see, you calculate within one second why you are the least amongst the people of God. You are not. Let's see the next thing he said. He said, and do not even, you know, I like, <laughs> even deserve to be called an apostle. There are times when many of us, when we take our lives, you said, I don't even deserve to be called a Christian. My life doesn't reflect Christ. Am I not deceiving myself? Those are practical questions we ask ourselves, isn't it? You don't see results, you, you tell yourself, I'm not even effective as a Christian. Am I progressing? When you evaluate your life, you just see that ah, I'm not Christ-like. So Paul said, I don't even deserve to be called an apostle. You know why? He said, because I persecuted the church of God. One of the things the devil does is to bring back our past to the future. He says, look at you. Were you not beating people when you were in secondary schools? There was a boy you, when you were fighting, just to show you that you are, you, are, you are not a good man. You made a mark on his face. Up to now, the mark is still there, and you said you are a Christian. You know, the devil brings the past. The Bible says, Jesus canceled all the written ordinances that were opposed to us, that was against us, and he laid them on the cross. The devil will not tell you that all those past things, Jesus has nailed them on the cross. That's the gospel. You don't need to walk for God to free you from your past. It's by grace. He says, the Bible says, he bore our sins. He bore my sins, my mistakes on the cross. By his stripes I'm healed. That is the gospel. It is free. It liberates. It gives freedom. The Bible says it was for freedom that Christ set us free. The devil doesn't tell us that. You are free to serve God wholeheartedly. I don't know how to say that. It appears as if I'm repeating myself. So when I wake up in the morning, I'm jumping and dancing. I'm free. It's something I know. I'm free. So because I persecuted the church of God. But you see, he changed his message. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace to me was not without effect. Did you see the effect I was talking about? When God speaks, we need to see the effect of the grace of God upon your life. Grace is God's divine enablement to make us to do what we could never do by our power. Grace lifts us up above our natural ability. So this is what I want to say. When God says he wants to do something, he knows you can't do it by your power. God doesn't give you what you can do by your power because you will share 
the glory with him. So when God was saying, I have bigger things for you, I was jumping. When you meet me next year, I won't be here. What I'm doing now, you will see me at a greater level. I'm just telling you. Why? I'm going to depend on the grace of God to take me higher than what I'm doing now. I'll be a different man. You should be a different man and you should be a different woman for God. So he says, no, I walked, you see, it appears as if he's walking. He said, I walked harder than all of them, yet not I, but the grace of God that was with me. I, I, I like that. You know what I discovered, brothers and sisters? I don't pray that God should give me gold. What I pray for is grace. I discovered that grace works harder. Depend on God's grace. Doors will open for you. Doors will open for you, unexpected doors, favor upon favor, grace upon grace. So I know where to go. He says, go to the throne of grace. Go there boldly, fearlessly, that we can obtain mercy and grace to help us in time of need. It's need that makes grace available. Needs that are greater than us. Begin to think, begin to dream of bigger things in your life and ask for grace, it will happen. What you couldn't do by your effort, you will see how you will do it effortlessly. And that is what God is saying to us this morning. You that you feel you are insignificant, you that you feel you are small, you know some of us, because we are small in stature, we think we are small in everything. It's not by height or how fat or how thin you are, is by grace. Grace that works. That's what I want to depend on. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. No wonder when you read the book of Paul, he was also, he's always saying, grace and peace be multiplied unto you. Grace and peace be multiplied unto you. Brothers and sisters, stop complaining. Ask for grace. Stop criticizing. Ask for grace. What, are, what do you want me to do? Stop judging people. Ask for grace. Stop condemning yourself. Stop judging yourself. Ask for grace. The Bible says grace, the grace of God has appeared unto all men. Oh, I have 10 minutes. So my message... That was just an introduction. <laughs> Excuse me, do you still like me? Yes. So are you happy with my introduction? Yes. So can I go on and give the full text? Yes. <laughs> That's cool, man. <laughs> Isaiah chapter 51. So the title of my original message <laughs> is Me to We. Me to we, Isaiah chapter 51. Let's change the me, you see, 
Just turn it down. Let the grace change it to we. Oh, Isaiah chapter 51. It says, listen to me, you who pursue righteousness. You are all here because you love righteousness. And who seek the Lord? If you don't want to seek the Lord, you won't be here this morning. Good news. You love righteousness. You are seeking the Lord. And God was saying to to me, look, I'm standing at the door. I'm knocking. Please, let's open the door of our heart to God. It's God's great gift. Daniel, I don't mind if you bring that gift to me. I'd like to share it with you. We're brothers, aren't we? He's trying to say, don't be convertious, brother. (laughs) He says, look to the rock from which you were caught. The rock of my salvation. I'm, I, I'm made in the image of the living God, the creator of heaven and earth. And to the quarry from which you were hewn, it says, look to Abraham, your father, and to Sarah, who gave you birth. Look at what he did to Abraham and Sarah. He says we should look to them. What did he do? Probably because of my time, there is only one thing I might be able to say. He says, look to Abraham. Look to Sarah, who gave you birth. When I called him, he was but one. And I blessed him and made him many. Me to we. I called him one. What's the next thing? I blessed him. Was it, is, is it blessing? And made him many, three things. When God calls you, the first thing he does, he blesses you. And it's not just, I'm not talking about money, because many times when you're talking of blessing, you are talking about money. It's not money. It is, it is, it is, God, when God calls us and blesses us, it launches us into an unlimited resources. That's what I'm talking about. Resources that will be supplied unto you regularly. Because God doesn't want a waste. He supplies. There are some places in the, in, in, in the world, you know, when we talk about water supply, they store water because they don't have water from, is it Water United or Utility or something? <laughs> so they store water in jerry cans, in buckets. Do you know when you begin to store, you have reservoir, it's a lack. So when rain comes, sometimes they store the water. It's because they are not, because water is not available. But here, you need a cup of water. Go to the supply. You get the, bu- the cup of water, you drink it. And when you need a bucket, that's the kind of thing God is, is blessing us with. He says, my God will supply all your needs. Not money. Money is one of your needs. Is it healing? If you get the revelation I'm talking about today, God will supply all your needs. So when God called Abraham, he's saying that I'm going to supply 
all your needs. That's blessing. Then he cooled him down. That's just to cool him down. He now says, and I will make you. Is the making. That's the next stage. Into many. That was why I was so happy when Joseph was bringing the world. He said, I will make. Of course, you are small. But I will make you, in, I, I will make you big and significant. The church of God. God is saying to us, he's going to make King's church significant in our generation. Is that not something to clap for God? And you are part. You are part of that being significant and being big. You know what God says? Submit to me making you. Let me jump to Colossians chapter 2. So it's the making I will talk briefly about. Make. Make. Excuse me, what is the meaning of make? What does it mean to make? Because you need to understand that. You can't just sit and you, you refuse God to make you. He said, I've called you. I'm going to bless you, but I'm also going to make you. Excuse me, what does it mean? When you say you are making something, what does it mean? Help me. To create something. It meant that something was there, but I need to cut and create something beautiful, something significant, something big out of what is already there. So if I need to cut sin, if I need to cut an habit, because it's that habit or sin that is not creating something significant and beautiful, just allow me. Don't even attempt it by yourself. You see, that's where the problem. Haven't you discovered that? Some of the habits, you want to break it. Haven't you tried by your power? Did you succeed? He says, submit it to me. Excuse me, what is happening? Submitting the habits that you know, you don't want there. Say, God, I submit my habits to you. Create. So you have to be willing, you have to be committed and be faithful to God, making you, creating something new, constructing something new, arranging something new. That's the meaning of making. So the first thing in Genesis chapter 12, he says, you see, I like, oh, my time. But I need to say those two things and I will stop. Is that okay? Genesis chapter 12. Genesis chapter 12, then Colossians chapter 2, then I'm going to stop. Genesis chapter 12. It's just that I can't say, because it says, look unto Abraham. So what did he want us to see? Look at the making in the life of Abraham. The Lord has said to Abraham, verse 1, Leave your country, your people, and your father's house, and go to the land I will show you. <laughs> I don't know how God starts every time. He says, I'm going to make you unto a great nation. You see the next thing. And I will bless you. And I will make your name great. And you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. And whoever causes you, I will cause. And 
All peoples of, on earth will be blessed through you. You know the next thing he did? So Abraham left. Can you see creating, cutting? For God to make us big, there are some things we are doing naturally now that needs to change. And the change is going to be the instrument that will make it happen. He said, I will make you. He will bless us. He has called us. He will bless us. He will speak his word to us. But he also wants to make us to be great. From me to we. From one man to many. The last thing I need to say, and then <clears throat> Colossians 2, verse 6. Colossians 2, verse 6. What should be our response? So then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, what did it say? Continue to live in him. Don't live outside Christ. Let Christ saturate you. Be overwhelmed by his presence. The Bible says, love the Lord with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. Be conscious of the presence of God. If you don't understand what it means to love God, ask people around. Don't be an ordinary Christian. Don't be the least. Receive grace. If you say you are a Christian, stand for what you believe. So he says, just as you receive Jesus Christ as Lord, don't stop there. Don't be a church attender. Continue to live in him. Continue to discover what he wants to make out of you. Continue to ask him. Continue to submit yourself to, to, to his making in your life. He says, rooted and built up. Ah, Rooted and built up. There's a secret place of Christ that should be in your life. Where nobody sees it, but you have a relationship with, with Christ. Nobody needs to know. Your love for the word of God, your love for prayer, your love de deriving nourishment. Rooted, it's in the dark. You are growing deep. Be a stable Christian that cannot be moved. Even if 97, no, 96.3% of the population around us are saying Christ is not real. Do you know in Manchester, only 3.7% of people go to church? That's less than 19,000. The population in Manchester, I'm not talking about Greater Manchester, the population of Manchester is 520,000. The population of Greater Manchester is 2.7 million. The people in Manchester, 93.3%, they don't go to church. So even if they are saying otherwise, you are rooted. You are built up. You are involved in the church. That's where Connect comes in. Today is not for me to talk about that. <laughs> Strengthened in faith as you were taught and overflowing with thankfulness. Not with complaining, not condemning yourself, not judging yourself, 
not saying you are the least, not saying you are insignificant, receive grace. Thank God that he wants to make you. That's something to rejoice about. Can you imagine the Lord God Almighty saying, I want to make you from being the least, from the smallest, and I want to make you big. I want to make you significant. Let's rise up. Let's pray. I just want us to pray about that. Let's just pray. I want us to ask God. I want you to ask God this morning. What do you want me to do? Say, God, thank you for your blessing. Thank you for your grace upon my life. But I want to ask you to make me. I'm willing, Lord God. You've encouraged me enough. But this requires me to be willing to be committed and be faithful. I just ask for your grace this morning. I ask for your grace. It's grace I need. God, that by this time next year, you said you are going to make me into something, into somebody who is significant. You said in, in, in my church, your church will be significant. You said you're going to visit the visitation of the Spirit that will bring hope and faith. God, I love those things. I love those things, and I receive them by faith. Lord God, I'm going to continue in you. I'm going to continue in you. I'm going to be a stable Christian, rooted and built up. I'm going to be somebody that is involved in your church. Not just being a church attender, but a worker in the church and a worker for you, Lord God. Lord God, things must change. Every habit or everything that is not of you, please just help me. It's only you that can help me, Lord. And I come to you today. You said everyone that comes unto you, you will in no wise cast them out. I come unto you. Give me rest. That's your promise to me. And let your blessings, let them rest upon me. God, I'm looking forward to what you are going to do in our lives, in this church. You said it will make us very, very significant. God, we receive those things. We ask you to make us. We ask you to bless us. We ask you to continue to speak to us. God, thank you, Lord Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. amen.